It's 8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. We'll have a holiday edition today, which means we're off at 9, but we're off at 9 for the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, Boston College, SMU. And then uh, Max will be in with me tomorrow. We'll have a two-hour program tomorrow with our football picks. So yesterday, John Payton making the decision to bench Russell Wilson. Some reaction to that? Is this the right move? Why didn't he bench him when they were one in five? He could have done it then. It is a clear indication that, to me, Sean Payton, I don't say he didn't want this to work. Mm-hmm. I think he, wa- he would have liked it to have worked on some level. But he never was a guy that truly believed that Russell Wilson was capable of running his offense. Well, I also feel he was never going to white-knuckle the relationship, right? He was never going to try his damnedest to make it work. If it wasn't going to work, then he was just going to, you know, hang the albatross of a season around his neck and call it a day, which is exactly what he did. It never felt like, come hell or high water, Russ is our quarterback. It always felt like, hey... As long as we got a chance, there's no point in making any changes here. And then, no, we're done. And last year, I believe I, I, I misspoke. I think I said 225. It's 245 for Russ. Even more woof. $165 million guaranteed. And for Russ, Denver's lost three of their last four. He's also thrown four interceptions during that stretch. So mm-hmm. if you're Sean Payne, you'll see... Uh, see, see, look, I know look, what I'm doing. You know, look, okay. He had the fumble, which the Denver did recover against the Patriots, mm-hmm. but it was like his 11th fumble of the season. And so there are going to be those. Be, that's going to be the Sean Payton excuse. Right now, it's simply we're just trying to win our eighth game. We're just trying to stay in the playoff chase. By the very skin of their teeth right now, we like 1.4%. We feel the guy that even Bill Belichick didn't want to keep gives us a better chance. When you put that in perspective, that kind of tells you all you need to know about Jared Stidham. Like, God bless Sean Payton's ego to think that he's better equipped to win than Russell Wilson. But I don't see it. That's just me, but I, I don't see it. No offense to Jared Stidham. I just think if you're you're a good coach, you you look. I, I, you've got your your recipe for success, your secret sauce, your mm-hmm. the way you want to run an offense. Good coaches, though, find a way to take good players that maybe don't entirely fit what you do, and find mm-hmm. a way for it all to come together. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And it just so if Sean Payton's a great coach, would it not? say a lot about him that he fi- finds a way to make it work with Russ. And, and I believe what you were telling me that you saw an interview where it was dumbed down quite a bit to like 20-some plays that... Yeah, so actually I can even you've got tell the- you who it is. Chris Sims. I was okay. catching a little bit of pro football talk. And Chris Sims was talking about how Russell Wilson... And it, it didn't dawn on me until he said it. Then it was like, you know, that's... Russell Wilson isn't out there identifying the mic. He's not at the line of scrimmage like 55 is the mic. He's just ready, set, let's go. And some other quarterbacks you feel that are on Russell Wilson's level, 
are doing some of that to help the protection help him to set the protections. And Russell right. Wilson wasn't doing a whole lot of that. And there were plays that Sean Payton would run up to eight times and a half because he trusted Russell Wilson to run those plays correctly, but not but very all little of else. The plays, but very little else. There were, you know, I think what was the number he said this morning? I don't remember it, but it was like 20. That was the number I believe you yeah, referenced to me. Like, there was one half where they ran 20 separate plays. You know, like they only ran 20 plays over the course of however long this time period was. And I'm like, that's not a lot. That's not very, very deep in the playbook. No, that's very Nathaniel Hackett-esque. And I don't know if that's a Russ fault or a Sean Payton fault or a mixture of both. But it never really felt like... Until Chris Sims said it, I didn't pick up on the right the intricacies. But then he said it. I'm like, you know what? That's true. We make fun of everybody. Like even Dak Prescott. Here we go. Because everything's mic'd up now. And then you like, that's right. Russell Wilson does not really do this whole. All right. 55 is the mic. And hut, hut, you know, Omaha, let's go. He just is very basic. And it's like, wow, that. It really was eye-opening this morning to hear that. All right, so, Pyle, I have to admit, I get it's a holiday week, but geez. Russell Wilson just got benched. It's been a little bit of a slow morning. I don't like so to admonish pile, you. There's a whole lot of, it's I, his fault, though. I don't want to harangue you today, but you don't have any response to this? Some of you do, like RJ and Delta, who's not even a Broncos fan. Yeah. A Giants fan. They Is it QB change, too. Hey, Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito, have a seat on the bench there, hey. Is it really Russ at this point, or is it Sean Payton and his ego and coaching abilities? Or we're going to find out. Yes. To a degree, yes, both those things are accurate. If Easton Stick comes into your house and beats you, <laughs> it's not Russell Wilson. It's not Russell Wilson. Uh, from Steve, sorry a day late. My days are all screwed up. Can we... In work holiday, best wishes, et cetera, text. It's fine. If it's the boss or owner sending a mass text for efforts, blah, 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 blah. But after that, no follow-up text from, from butt-kissing, half in the bag. Look at my clever meme tools in accounting who hasn't spoken to anyone in six years. That was a little uh, White Amount of Wednesday stuff from Steve. Fresh out of the microwave. You know, that feels a little targeted. It feels like that might be something he's had to deal with in the last <laughs> week or so. That seems very That's specific. Very specific. <laughs> Steve, is that something you've had to deal with? He he's one more line away from actually putting a name. <laughs> <laughs> Naming names from Look Steve at you, today. Jeff. Jeff in accounting. You and your fancy memes. Look at you, Mr. Meme. Oh. From the guru, who I want to thank the guru for the, the card the other mm. day. Nice box of chocolate. Appreciate Wait, that. What? I'll bring you some. Okay. Like what more? No, a couple years here. ago, I got you a box here. of Duncan you from the Guru. Yeah, you weren't here. And I didn't so. get a box of nothing this year. Well, you weren't here. You were gone when he delivered the last week. That's not my fault. Well, why not just to keep it around all week for you? And hey, candy goes bad. Kind, kind of, no, candy no, it does not. Candy goes bad. Not that quick. Choc chocolate goes bad. You've got to you got to take care of it right away. <laughs> not that quick. Does in my house. <laughs> Might spoil. You never know. Anyway, from the guru, I've always admired the person and athlete Russell Wilson is. 
gives 110%, never gives up. I feel sorry that he has to go through this with this terrible Broncos front office and smug head coach, but he will always handle it with class and dignity. Meanwhile, the Broncos management and coach will continue to, continue to spiral this franchise directly into the cellar. The you early also, one this morning. Let me, let me get to that one, too. Bowser. Did that smug moron Sean Payton actually say he he did it to provide a spark to the offense? What a numbskull. The only spark will be Stidham's pants on fire as he's running for his life. Decent matchup versus Bolts at home, but still will be under passing yards, over sacks, over a half interception, and the same for the Raiders on the road. That one from Troy this morning. gambling problem. Well, he is the guru. That's true. uh, From Troy this morning. Oh. would you say Russell Wilson has the it factor? Because just want the Broncos to vote a quarterback with the it factor. Well, I think we all thought he had the it factor. Of all the guys on the roster, he's got more it factor than anybody else. Going from Mountain Dave this morning up uh, Colburn Way. Good morning, guys. I have a question. If the benching of Wilson is really about protecting him from injury and the injury clause kicking in, why is he going to be the backup? I think setting him is a good idea, but I'm pretty sure backup quarterbacks can get hurt. Why risk injury even in practice? That has happened as well. That Who is else a, do they have? The ben DiNucci. Exactly. So. <laughs> no and I said, I don't know if he'll be an active. I don't know if they'll have DiNucci as an active. Right. Because it's Thursday right now. He's the right. second. You know, I would totally see a Derek Carring. Of Russell Wilson, like you can keep your locker, but yeah, we don't we're really just, need uh, you. In the building right yeah, now. we're we'll just go with Danucci as a backup right. here. Why don't you go try to pack up all your stuff in that seventeen-bedroom house you bought last year? Uh, from Kurt, when was the last time you saw Russ throw to his first read that wasn't a screen? I'm have to go through film, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I not having a playbook, I don't know what the first read. So is. I guess my question, Kurt, is. So that's the reason he's getting benched. That's uh, fairly, fairly specific about about Wilson and his mm-hmm. ability or inability to play the position. But also, first read. That's also blaming him for the wide receiver group as a whole and their inability to get open. If the first read is covered because Jerry Judy, with his fantastic speed, can break away remember from Remember, he's supposed to be one of the best route runners yeah. coming out of the draft the year that he came out. Mm-hmm. If he can't get open, it's not Russ's fault that he has to go to his second read. Now, I'm not saying that they're always covered all the time and Russ has to check down. I'm not saying that. Right. But also, that is not a Russ-specific problem. Going from Broncos, Sarge, as you guys were talking about Russ yesterday, I was reflecting on my feelings on the situation. I don't blame Russ, but I never watched him and and thought he has what it takes to get the Broncos over the hump. I wouldn't say he's washed out, but I wouldn't say he doesn't he doesn't have it anymore. I would say he doesn't have it anymore. Dylan's got one. Uh, everyone thinks Sean Payton's an a-hole, but he has a job to do. This move sucks, but it seems like the team never ever once uh, rallied around Russ. Need even better skill players, and Russ has not looked. Like Seattle, Russ, and Denver, Sean Payton's going to turn this thing around with time. Got Mike in Scottsdale this morning on the mobile app. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Dylan, as well. Good morning, muchachos. Get ready for another Broncos quarterback circus. Russ will end up with a top 10 quarterback rating for the season. And like I said yesterday, there is no better answer available for next year. This is all about the front office trying to gloss over their glaring mistakes. Randy Gregory, no tight end, weak linebacker core, etc.
uh, from Kurt again, sounds like the team believes Russ isn't the problem because his teammates came out uh, very... Welcome to the last nine weeks of the very, show, Kurt. <laughs> very supportive of him yesterday. Well, he, he saying us as the team, oh. the team sports network. That's why, welcome to the last nine weeks of the program where we've said Russ is not problem number one. Yes, okay. Thank you. Yes, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he was meaning. I think he's talking about us. Yes, I think so too. Because his teammates have been supportive. Right. So yes, that is how he is phrasing the text. He has an incredibly average team around him and that's somehow his. Yeah, yeah Kurt, I'm sorry. Yeah, we've, we've been this way pretty much the majority of the season. Mm-hmm. That we don't feel like Ru- is Russ a little bit of the problem? Yeah, sure he is. There's been guys wide open. Russ does tend to hold the ball too long sometimes. There are Russell Wilson issues here. Yes, but is he the main reason why they're they they lost to New England? Why they're right now with a mm-hmm. one point four chance of making the playoffs? No, he's not. It's semantics. Russ is not the problem. He's a problem. But he's not the problem with this team. The problem with this team, number one problem, doesn't wear a jersey because it's roster assemblage, which is not a very good roster. And if you didn't think that he was the guy, then you can blame Sean Payton for the extension. Once again, I'm not going to go revisionist history here Mm -hmm. on, on them acquiring him. They gave up a lot. They had to do something. It was a bold move that apparently has not worked out. Right. I'm not going to criticize George Payton for that or the Broncos for doing that at the time. Or I will throw, and I understand why they did it, because they thought he plays well, goes out, and the contract ends, the two years left, and then Denver has to pay even more than $245 million to get him, potentially. They felt like it's an investment in a guy that we think will be our quarterback for the next five to six to seven years. And they thought, let's let's get him while we can get him at a price we feel like is fair market value before he plays well, and then then there's no way we're keeping him around here. There's no way we can match what anybody else is going to offer him. It hasn't played out that way. Russell Wilson, and I'm mixing my sports metaphors, for so forgive me here. Russell Wilson is not LeBron James to where... When LeBron James can play at his peak, he takes a roster of Damon Jones, Dwayne Jones, Drew Gooden, Bobby Gibson, David Wesley, Anderson Verjao to the finals. That's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is Kevin Durant, who can join a team that went 73-9 and and won two championships. And yeah, I'm going to the Hall of Fame, baby. That's Russell Wilson. He's never going to drag the team to the playoffs. He can make a good team a little better and get a really and get a borderline great team to be great. He can't get an average team to be more than above average. Because the team that won Super Bowl 48 against the Broncos, Legion of Boom, league's best defense, Mm -hmm. had skill guys like Percy Harvin. And, and Harvin killed the Broncos and special teams, too, in that game. There were weapons around him. Lockett to, to Jimmy Graham at one point. Yeah. There, there were weapons around him. They had the number one defense four years running. Yeah. And, and that, won a single Super Bowl. And could have won two. And, could have won two. That's and, not, that one's not necessarily on us, but... People always blame him mm-hmm. or blame Pete Carroll for, why didn't you run the ball? This is very and, much, quarterbacks get too much blame or credit 
Russell Wilson is the prototype for that. Absolutely. All right, time to go around the NFL. The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Some sound from yesterday's presser from uh, reading some uh, stuff out of the post and other places. Players didn't really hang around the presser much yesterday. Here's Sean Payton on uh, the benching of Russell Wilson. In our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and it's a decision I'm making, is to get a spark offensively. Obviously, it's difficult. You know, all of us feel like, man, we didn't do well enough. All right, so here's more uh, Sean Payton. This is on Jared Stidham and also the situation with Russ. You know, one of the things we saw when we signed Stidham in, in the offseason was not only film from preseason games, but regular season games. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I'm anxious to see play. And if I didn't feel like um, he gave us the chance to win, we wouldn't be making that move. Um, and so the irony is, obviously, is, is he was in a situation that many would say is very similar, and yet I would say it's somewhat different. But um, that's kind of where we're at with it. Um, no, it's I spent not. time with Russ this morning, and, uh, and he's been a pro and, and obviously disappointed. But, um, you know, all the work that goes into doing what he does or doing what they do at that position, it's difficult. And it's it's difficult um, and challenging. And, you know, there's a part of you, certainly myself as a head coach, that feels like, man, I, I needed to be better because, um, you know, now he may, he may need to play, you know, this weekend, next weekend. But in regards to the future, that we haven't had a sit-down, and I'm sure we will. Greg and I and George, we speak frequently but this is about now this is about trying to get our eighth win and uh we'll go from there all right so that's uh, sean payton on uh, the starting of jared stidham and the benching of russell wilson stidham the, the two-year 10 million dollar contract the broncos gets a one million dollar uh, gear one million dollar guarantee next season and if you remember I, i'm not sure the situations are pretty much exactly the same with Derek yeah, carr pretty much and and Russell Wilson, you have a veteran quarterback who you don't, the coach doesn't believe in him anymore and wants to move on from him. And they don't want to pay the the injury guarantee coming up in March and start of the league year. And so they they set Derek Carr for the last two games last season. Jared Stidham started. He threw for 365, three touchdowns, two picks against San Francisco, one of the best defense, what, the best defense in the league last year. Mm-hmm. And then he threw for 219, a touchdown and a pick in a 31-13 loss to Kansas City. So those are the two games that he played last year as far as a starter at the end of the season replacing Derek Carr. Here's Stidham on the Raiders situation, and being what Sean Payton has uh, referred to Stidham as is a spark potentially for the offense. I guess they're similar, but they're also completely different as well. Um, You know, again, I think it just goes back to preparing like I have been, you know, throughout my entire career. Um, nothing this week changes now that I'm a starter versus a backup last week or whatever. So, um, you know, I've had my routine that I, that I stick with that I know gets me prepared, gets me ready to play. And that's what I'm going to do. Sean was talking about, he hopes you're going to be the spark for this offense. What do you need to do in order to do that? 
I mean, I don't think I need to overthink it. Um, just do what I'm coached to do. Um, you know, we have a, a great staff and a great group of guys around, you know, around me. So, um, I'm just going to do my job to the best of my ability. Um, do the certain things that I need to do on each and every play and, um, you know, move the ball down the field and hopefully score a lot of points and, and get a win. All right. That's Jared Stidham. First, it can't be both similar and completely <laughs> no, it's different. One, it's either one it's or the one other. Or the other. It can be similar, but slightly different. But if it's completely different, it's not similar at all. No, that it's not. That's me, I guess. And, and you heard both Stidham and Peyton refer to it that way. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're both extremely similar because once again, veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. the head coach decided to move on from, and they they don't want to pay him the money when the league year starts. They don't want him to get hurt, right? So they're not playing him. And Jared Stidham's spark that he provides is to spark a better draft position for the Broncos. Potentially so. Here's Stidham on talking with Rush yesterday in a very probably I'm assume uncomfortable conversation look i can't speak highly enough of russ um tremendous teammate tremendous competitor um you know i've been extremely fortunate in my career to be around some incredible human beings and incredible quarterbacks and he obviously fits that category so um you know today uh, you know obviously it's been it's a tough day but um you know we've had great interaction today um, and, and that sort of thing. So can't, like I said, I can't speak highly enough about him. All right, that's Jared Stidham. Hayes in the start of Major League, where he talks to Russ like, "Oh man, sorry, Russ." And he goes outside, he's like, "Woo, woo, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes." I'm starting the last two games. I might be the starting quarterback next year. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Broncos country, let's ride the pine. So a couple of things, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. I, I watched his piece yesterday about uh, Russ's benching. And he talked about possible destinations for Russell Wilson because he says, look, it's inevitable. They're, they're going to release him. Mm-hmm. Could somebody trade for Wilson? Remember, you had the um, the Colts that took on Carson Wentz contract. And was like, what are you guys doing? Could you find somebody that will do that? Maybe so. Probably not, but maybe. More likely, it's going to be like Derek Carr last year where they – where the Raiders released him. And one of the places that um, Florio mentioned was Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because Russell Wilson grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and Mike Tomlin, number one, has always had a, had like he's a thing. A spot. He's, got a, he's got a thing for Russell Wilson. He's got yeah. a thing for players from that area. And so that, and would Russell Wilson be better than Kenny Pickett? Yeah, he probably would be. The Vikings is another place that, that brought the mm-hmm. Raiders because, you know, Russ, there, there is the competitor in him that would love to go to a place where he could maybe stick it to the Broncos and would be better than what they've got right now. And so those are some of the things. But the you've got some, some thoughts on this, too, because you heard Florio talk about this, but I'll bring up the thing that I heard him say yeah. first was, what about Tom Brady in Denver? And you're all going, oh, geez, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us, that's, I think that is, you're going to speak to us that moment. But there was the moment, the, the brief window mm-hmm. there where it looked like Sean Payton was going to go to Miami. Brady was going to go with him. And they yeah. were going to be together. There's a, there's a relationship there between the two. Again, I was listening to the PFT this morning with Sims and Florio. And 
Florio brought that up. He's like, you know the first name I thought of? And Chris Sims says, no, that's stupid. This, that is a dumb idea, and it's not going to work. And he's straight up told Florio, get over it and get past it. And Mike Florio was like, well, it's just a name that popped into my head, but also Tom Brady drives traffic to the website. So it's kind of a business <laughs> so it's decision, a, it's a business decision to attach his name to the report. Now, I'm on PFT right now. And there's this night. Remember, in late October, it was like, oh, the Broncos might bench Russell Wilson. And everybody was like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. Remember that? Remember those days? Well, it turns out that there's an article. Mark Maskey of the Washington Post puts out there that that kernel, that rumor was essentially what we're doing now. It was about the injury guarantee. Right. Like, they're not the going to take the million. chance of Russell Wilson getting hurt. And so the threat was made after the Broncos beat the Chiefs that they were going to sit him down if they didn't rework the injury guarantee. And Wilson went to the union, and the union became involved, according to Florio's piece. And, like, there's nothing they could do. They can't make the team play a player. But the Broncos kind of lucked out that he didn't get hurt until now and that they had a chance to bench him for the final two games. And can they do it with the, with the, the dead money? Should be like, what, $89 million? Mm-hmm. Buccaneers have done it. They got $75 million in dead money. Part of that is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. All right, 825. And uh, coming up next, we'll talk with Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on the Jim Davis Show. Cody Rourke brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring and Modern Classic Motors. He hosts the Locked on Broncos podcast. He covers the Broncos for Mile High Sports. Joining us right now, Cody Rourke. Cody, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas and uh, an interesting, uh, well, <laughs> little package left under the tree uh, by the Broncos yesterday with the announcement that Jared Stidham will start the final two games over Russell Wilson. Yeah, very, uh, I mean, very interesting times here once again. I mean, Jim, I think there's three guarantees in life, right? Death, taxes, and a wild Broncos offseason, I think, is always in store for all of us as we've grown accustomed to. So, uh yeah, obviously the developments yesterday were very interesting. I think it was very surprising, to be honest with you, on a lot of standpoints. So uh, yeah, that's kind of how we, uh, kind of how we felt about it, maybe coming into it. So uh, a lot of change, changes in the air here for Denver once again. It feels like, in in going back to the very beginning, where Sean Payton talked about, uh, you know, Russ with the office and the parking space and the entourage, and you know that 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 crap's not going to, you know, happen on my watch to the dumbing down the playbook and some of those things. And then, of course, now the infamous uh, one-sided, what is it, a screaming match uh, as as Sean Payton screamed at Russell Wilson in Detroit. And now the benching of Russell Wilson after uh, the embarrassing loss to the Patriots. Do you feel that Sean Payton has has given Russell Wilson a fair opportunity as his team's quarterback, considering you look at some of the numbers and some of the numbers are on pace for an average, you know, pretty good Russell Wilson season? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you, Jim. I don't. I don't think Sean Payton has given Russell Wilson a fair shake. And you know, with the the report that also came out yesterday from Jordan Schultz that after the Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, that they're like they pretty much threatened him, like, you know, you're either going to waive your injury clause or your guarantee, or 
we're going to bench you. And look, I think we've seen it as well. Like Sean has, there's been times in the media where Sean, it seems like it takes like a little bit of a shot at Russ at times. Obviously we've seen it on TV. We've seen instances where he's chewing Russ out. And you know what I think is a great thing to look at here? Russell Wilson never responded in a negative manner in any of those situations. Um, I think, you know, obviously there was, it was quite clear when Sean Payton took this job. Of course, you're going to, you have no choice. You're going to get Russell Wilson in 2023. I, I don't think Sean has done everything he can to make it work. And I think that was a proven point here. Like, despite all that, Russ is still accounted for over 30 touchdowns this season, Jim. And while obviously he's not, like, at times he hasn't played his best, he's not the sole reason that they are losing games. And, you know, I think everybody, and even fans, fans got to get away from this thinking. Like, Jim, it's a team sport. There's 11 players on offense. Russ is one of those 11 players. Russ shares as much accountability for what's going on as does the offensive line, as does the skill players, and as does the head coach and play caller in Sean Payton. Everyone wants to just throw it on the quarterback. You know, and I think the biggest thing is, okay, you look how much money Russ, you know, got in his contract extension. Here's the thing. One quarterback can't do it all by himself. You have to have good pieces around you, and Denver's been far too inconsistent in a lot of areas. And that's obviously that can affect Russ's play. But um, I, I don't, to answer your question long, like in a long answer here, I just don't think Sean has given Russ the proper chance there. And I think we even saw that a little bit, even in Sunday's game. I thought the play calling was ultra conservative. Obviously, Denver couldn't run the ball, but then all of a sudden, when you face desperation mode and Russ had to go empty and he had to roll around and do things like Russ brought them back so that kind of tells me a little bit about you know it's, it's on both of these guys here for how things have gone but it's clear that sean payton has no patience and doesn't have any intention on moving forward with russ cody rourke our uh, broncos report joining us on the jim davis show i feel like russ is a problem he's not the problem with this team yeah. But does this, the way this has kind of worked out since that Chiefs game in October till now in the next two weeks, how much of a risk of losing some of the other guys that are here that really like Russ in that room is Sean Payton taking with kind of this behavior towards this franchise quarterback? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it doesn't seem like a great look for the organization. It doesn't seem like a great look from Sean Payton, who often at times has come across as grouchy and kind of like, a, you know, it's kind of like a tyrant in a sense. Um, you know, he's, he's had that way with us in the media. People have seen that. Uh, I can tell you this, gents. I was at practice yesterday after all this news had dropped. And what stood out to me, we were indoors at the Pat Bowenfield house. They had music blaring. They always do that during stretch and during, uh, obviously, like, you know, individual. I can tell you this. It was like a funeral in there, gents. Like, the vibe was just, it was quiet. It was weird. Like, all of us media people were like, this just feels weird. Like, it was a different thing than what we've experienced um, obviously this season here, I have never been a part of anything like that. Um, in terms of media as a coach, I've had my fair share of moments of, you know, some of those types of feelings, but, uh, it was like a funeral. The vibe and the energy was just dead. And it just seemed like what the heck's going on. Like, I, I think there was a general shock amongst the players yesterday. Cody Rourke, who covers the Broncos for uh, mile high sports also hosts the lockdown Broncos podcast uh, with us today on the team sports network. I know uh, I saw an interview yesterday with uh, NFL Network's uh, James Palmer. He was on the sideline for the Patriots game on on Christmas Eve, and he talked about the lack of of emotion on the sidelines, and that they just seemed very dead when when the Broncos made some mistakes. They got behind. He said there was a feeling of, well, here we go again. This is this is who we really are. Uh, I, I, as much as, you know, I think Sean Payton wants to, in, in his own way, blame Russell Wilson. I mean, that's also 
on Sean Payton and and his, his leadership and and this football team who if they get a win on on Christmas Eve they're right in it for the playoffs now they have a 1.4 percent chance of making the playoffs it's practically zero I guess just your your takeaway you talked about the energy yesterday it was like a, a funeral at practice well apparently what the sidelines on on the Christmas Eve game it wasn't a, a whole lot more raucous no 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 and, and that's you know I think Ultimately, like, you know, the guys, I think there was just general frustration, like, you know, hey, like, we went on a five-game win streak. We beat the Buffalo Bills. We beat the Browns with the best defense in the NFL at the time. We beat the Chiefs. You know, we beat the Vikings, who were on a little bit of a heater of them. They were on a five-game win streak, you know, when they played them. And I, I just think collectively for Denver to get out of the one-and-five hole that they did, part of that was because of Russ and how he was playing. Part of that was how the defense was playing, generating takeaways, giving the Broncos offense an opportunity. Denver had a running game. And lately, they haven't been able to do that. They haven't been able defensively to generate a lot of takeaways, and they haven't been able to pressure the quarterback as of late. So it's just like a collective spiral of things. And I also think as well, you know, the Marvin Mims fumble that he had on kickoff and they got picked up for a touchdown, like it made the deficit a little bigger here for Denver in that fourth quarter. And just like, you know, once again, despite those circumstances, Russ and the offense got things going. They made some big plays to make, you know, to get them some momentum to kind of get them back into the game, and they almost had it. And then you have Sean Payton, the play calling. You had the, obviously, he called the timeouts, but then his play calling on those three plays that they had on the next position were awful. And so you punted away back to New England, who obviously had one timeout. And it's just, you know, collectively, I, I feel like Sean Payton wants to blame everybody else, and I don't think that there's a lot of accountability from Sean Payton himself as the coach. Everything starts and ends with him. He sets the tone. He's the one who leads the team. And ultimately, he's the one who has to inspire the players to go out there and play. And if he, if you know, if he's in a way where a lot of it's detrimental in a sense, like he comes across as very hostile at times, it's a little bit of an issue. And look, you know, of course, I understand for him. There's a lot of pressure on him as a head coach. You don't want to tie your wagon to a guy that you know you didn't definitely choose. Like you chose him by coming to the, to the Denver, obviously. But long term, he doesn't want to hitch his wagon to it. But, Jim, here's my thing. John Payton has never really had a history of developing quarterbacks in the NFL. He's had Drew Brees for a good portion of his time in New Orleans, and then he did some serviceable stuff with Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, but that doesn't prove that he can develop a quarterback. So now, if the Broncos, which they are, like this is the expectation, Denver and Russell Wilson are going to part ways in March. What is his plan at quarterback? What's his vision? That's going to be a lot of pressure. And it, look, it's his decision. He made this decision here, and now he's going to have to find the solution for it. The, the, this uh, relationship, though, it's it's done, right? It's dead. I, there's no there's no oh, yeah. way there's <laughs> no way Russell Wilson that no. they restructure or whatever, and he stays around for 2024. No. And and now it's now it's a chance for Jared Stidham to audition because he's going to be a a low cost alternative next year. There there's they can't bring in a Kirk Cousins. That the cap hit with with Russell alone is going to uh, leave that as a, an unlikely scenario, almost an impossible scenario for the Broncos. So it's probably going to be Jared Stidham, who's on a very extremely team-friendly deal right now for the Broncos and get a chance to see what he can do the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all you can do. And, and look, I'm very, very curious to see what Denver's plan is going to be, how they maneuver this, because once again, and I'm afraid to share this with anybody that's a Broncos fan that's listening, coming soon to a graphic near you, the quarterback carousel will make its return, and it's going to feature Russell Wilson. Now it's going to feature Jared Stidham. And... Hopefully this doesn't continue for another six or seven years the way that we had previously endured here, Jim. But it's just, once again, Denver, I mean, 
you know, with, when they were on that win streak versus like where it is now, it's like all of a sudden, okay, Denver, you know, they took two steps forward. And I felt like generally, okay, hey, Denver's heading in the right direction. Now I feel like they're going backwards in yeah. a sense. And I have no idea what to expect. And I, you know, I think if, you know, Broncos fans out there kind of feel the same way. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports, Locked in Broncos podcast host, our Broncos insider with us today on the Team Sports Network. And you look at next year, Stidham could very well be the starting quarterback next year. They, they draft a quarterback. Uh, I've, I've seen maybe Michael Penix in the second round, that kind of thing. Uh, it just, um, yeah, it's, what are, what are the other options, Cody, for the Broncos outside of Jared Stidham? Because there are the, the Gardner Minshews out there, uh, the Jake Brownings of the world. There are those guys that are out there. Will any of those names pop up when we talk about Broncos quarterbacks in 2024? No, not necessarily those names. I would probably say more so Jameis Winston, just because Peyton had previous familiarity with him. Jameis got off to a great start in Peyton's last year in New Orleans before he suffered the ACL injury. Um, I could see that as like a one-year option, but the reality is I, Denver, in my opinion, Jim, they have to, like if Sean Peyton is going to tie, you know, he's got a five-year contract. He's going to have four after this year. So for Sean, his window, his time is running out. Like he, he's up against the clock here. I don't think you have time to go another year with a stopgap. I think it's like, all right, hey, okay, Sean, we brought you into change here. Now, look, we're going to go with a young quarterback, and you need to play the young quarterback, and you need to get weapons for this young quarterback. I mean, you know, I think we forget too. Denver, like even Russ, like Russ hasn't had a pass catching tight end this season. You know, the loss of Greg Dulcich was really big. John Payton didn't do anything to address that. Obviously, Lucas Kroll is a guy who's you know, been kind of coming along there, but Sean could have accelerated that process a lot quicker. Instead, he wanted to continue to roll with Chris Manhurst and Adam Troutman. And I think that something that's going to come back to bite Sean in the tail, and I, this is what I worry about in free agency, Sean bringing in his guys, guys that he's got familiarity with, I think is a huge, huge issue to me um, overall. And look, it's the Saints way. Like we talk about the Petro way, it's been Peyton's way. He's been doing this all season and if he's going to tie his name to that it's it's going to have some ramifications if it doesn't work out and ultimately i think uh i don't know i i just don't feel very optimistic about the direction where denver's heading right now and i think so much will change based on how do they manage this contract situation with russ how do they go about it but one thing is very clear jim they are heading for a split cody rourke with us today on the team sports network a couple predictions who will be the broncos starting quarterback in 2024 or will Russell Wilson play in 2024? Great question. Um, if I had to give a prediction right now, I think Jarrett Stidham will be the starter week one. I think that's going to be probably what we do see um, here. And I think obviously if they draft a guy, he's going to wait a year and then take over after Stidham's contract is up. Um, and this, I think, where Ben DiNucci comes into play a little bit, maybe as a backup for a while, you know, on the roster, obviously practice squad. Um, where will Russell Wilson play? in 2024 this is a great question part of me is thinking okay well i think there's going to be major changes with the washington commanders i think ownership is going to clean house with that coaching staff and they're going to implement a lot of change obviously they they just bent sam howell which is very interesting like can sam howell benefit or learn from russ i think that there's an element to where he could i look at that situation i look at the atlanta falcons as a place for russ to potentially end up um, I think he goes back to the NFC, to be honest with you, and I think we could see him there. I mean, if Denver releases him, I mean, I can even see the Raiders picking him up, Jim. Yeah. I can see that because they had interest in him prior to, obviously, the trade from Seattle, and I think they might believe that, hey, he might be a better option than Aiden O'Connell. And I, I mean, so much depends on where their level of thinking is at. But uh, um, I think two, two NFC teams, I think it's Commanders, Falcons, 
And then I also think the Raiders could be an option as well because I think there's going to be a run of teams in this year's draft that go on a run quarterbacks, um, quarterback-needy teams. But there's going to be a lot of head coaching changes this year, Jim. So that changes so much of the dynamics. So we'll wait and see. Okay, I have to ask you about the last one, Mike Florio. His, what about mm-hmm. Tom Brady? What about Brady? Oh, Remember God. they were going to be in Miami at one point, Peyton and Brady. Cody Rourke, oh, respond to that, please. No, please no. Like, <laughs> I, hopefully, hopefully Denver can move on from those days, and hopefully the NFL will. I don't think Tom has any interest in coming out of retirement, especially in today's NFL. And I also think the dynamic between Peyton and Brady, I don't think it would be a very conducive one. I think it would be like water and oil combined. Yeah. I just don't think that that would be a good fit for them. And, look, Tom Brady, look how old he is. He hasn't even played this year. He's had some time off. It's not that solution, and once again, it's just another Band-Aid for the issue that the Broncos need to address long-term. And I'll guarantee you this, if there's a shouting match, it will be a true shouting match because yeah. where Russ deferred and was classy, not not that Brady wouldn't be classy, but but Brady would get in Peyton's face, and that would be... Yeah, if he doesn't like you know. a guy with independence... <laughs> Tom Brady's the no. last guy who found his independence after he left Bill Belichick. That's the last guy that you want if you're Sean yes. Payton. Yes, 100% agree with you. So uh, I guess it's time for everyone to buckle up. It's going to be a crazy off season, and obviously we'll have you covered here uh, you know, on the team. All right. Don't forget, we got Cody's report coming up at 420 today. Cody, always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Uh, hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Have a happy new year. Appreciate all the good work you do for us, and, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, it's going to be nice to talk to you guys when the new year rolls around. Hey, hopefully 2024 is a better year for all of us. And uh, as always, gents, Go Tigers. All right. Cody Work, My Life Sports, Lockdown Broncos podcast, our Broncos insider. You know, you only get the Go Tigers. He doesn't do that when you're not here. I'm he not does, sure. He doesn't What's do it when I'm no. not here? Oh. We're like seven straight fill-ins where he hasn't ended hmm. our chat with the Go Otherwise, Tigers. That was a special thing for, yeah. for me when I was here. Um, but to make Broncos fans feel better about the quarterback situation, you're only like 20, maybe 23 guys away from finding the one <laughs> if the Browns are any sort of bench post. Yeah. Benchmark you have um, gone through a lot. Yeah. But you've already years. tried Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, and so have we. So there's a little bit of crossover there. And how funny tonight. Two former Broncos starting quarterbacks. Yeah, Trevor Simeon. He's also Thursday, on that list. Thursday night football tonight. Yeah. Simeon and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Flacco and the Browns. To none of the team sports Teddy Bridgewater network. would rather retire than try to come back to Denver. <laughs> he would rather not play football than, than play football for Sean Payton. Uh, all right, 844. That's not insulting at all, is it? <laughs> no, not not in the least bit. All right, coming up, uh, four down territory plus. We'll, garbage time, we'll mm-hmm. uh, kick around a couple of our favorite uh, stories regionally, locally from 2023. And of course, don't forget we have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, SMU Boston College coming up at 9 this morning. We'll take a break and come back. Uh, with our final 15 minutes right here on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. That's great. It starts. Welcome back, Jim of the Buckeye Boy. Coming up, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl at 9 o'clock here on the Team Sports Network. Let's jump into... We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, first down. Russell Wilson, as we've talked about ad nauseum today, benched heading into the Broncos game this Sunday against the Chargers. Wilson uh, was active on social media Wednesday. Uh, He liked a few posts on X and highlighted how he's playing better than some of the NFL's best quarterbacks from a statistical standpoint, including... 
Patrick Mahomes. He also liked some posts that related to the report that the Broncos threatened to bench him back in October if he did not agree to defer some of the injury guarantees in his contract. So I guess it's we can assume that by him liking that report, there was probably some truth to that. Yeah, probably. All right, second down. Colin Cowherd. It seems like every few weeks we bring up something about Colin Cowherd. And he was kind of going off on the Miami Dolphins, saying that uh, that's a team that uh, is begging for attention and that kind of thing. And he recited their playoff record of the last 23 years, which I don't know what that has to do with the current version of Mike McDaniel's Dolphins. But Tyree Kill clapped back at Colin Cowherd and called him a thug. And there's some that are saying that that's over-the-top language by Tyree Kill. But wait a minute, Colin Cowherd's been known for some over-the-top language himself. Colin Cowherd's a dumbass. <laughs> yes, he is. Like, so, he said a this dead, season... A dead quarterback yeah. wasn't going to win the Super Bowl. Which, technically true. True, but, but he thought also, he was alive. He put it... <laughs> so, I mean... Tyreek Hill can say whatever he wants about Colin Cowherd. Yeah. Because he will either be able to beat him up or outrun him from a fight. Absolutely. So, and I, I think he could probably do both. Yeah. couple little uh, sound pieces. Jim Harbaugh was asked about his pro coaching prospects. And here's a little word salad, apparently, from Jim Harbaugh. On track mind, that's, our, uh, that's the way we're going about things. It's... Um, Literally, whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Uh, okay, whatever. Sure. It's Harbaugh. It's been hanging out with Russell Wilson too much. Yeah. Big dumb khaki pants. Well-earned nickname in my house that really only I use. Uh, another piece of sound from another usual Jim Davis show punching bag is Chris Russo. This time around, Chris Russo takes down... The Mad Dog. An absolute Mad disaster. Dog. So on the day after Christmas, I don't learn my lesson on Christmas Eve. And I bet the Chiefs, by the way, on Christmas Day. Ooh, and I don't learn my lesson. You take and him. the fat guy says, let's go rice on the money line at 5.30 on a Monday <laughs> afternoon. I am a degenerate and a loser. Did he take another gummy? Was that one? <laughs> he might have. His daughter got him gummies for Christmas. Oh. So, best of luck. All right. So, as we uh, we do our final show, yeah. you and me, of 2023, I'll be here with Max tomorrow to, to wrap up the week, heading into uh, New Year's uh, Eve weekend. Top local story, or a couple of top favorite stories you had from 2023. I, I The Delta playoff run is tops for me. First state championship in 63 years. Yeah. That's a good one. Same for me, for me as well. Um, we played the Junction boys golf team finishing second at State. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was last year, so that doesn't count. The Fruta softball disaster. Yes, that was the year before um, last. It all runs. Was it the year before last already? It's been two I years. Was, I think it was last. Yeah, because it, it was last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was 2022. Uh, the oh, spring right. of 2020. Ooh, at least the fall it was of last 20, calendar year. Fall of yeah, because it would they. Yeah, because they had that happen the season before Days all this. Run together. There was have been fall this this of past twenty two, right? Okay. Fall of twenty two. At least it's not 
it's okay. two actual calendar years removed. <laughs> try, it's like I'm trying yeah. to, yeah, it was in the fall of 2022. I think that's the top local story for me, though, Delta. Delta football. Yeah. Delta volleyball uh, a great run, too. Palisade wins her first ever state tournament, you know, volleyball tournament mm-hmm. game. Yeah. After a a four, four straight uh, years of going to the state volleyball tournament. Uh, obviously, the Delta season, the success there. Uh, also, got to throw in, I'll throw in Ryan Whittington and the Central football team making the playoffs in his first year. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. That's uh, a good Junction run. Boys Golf, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, how about Marty Smith in Central Florida? Marty's first yeah. ever championship. Uh, they played in the longest game in JUCO history, which yes, you and did. I, which you and I called. That is accurately the longest yeah. game in JUCO history. And so they beat they beat Wabash in that mm-hmm. game. Then they went on a homer barrage, which included hitting my car in the championship game to win it all. Yeah. Yep. And then I th- think what else? Obviously, another great year for Colorado Mesa mm-hmm. men's basketball. Making that run to the the South Central Regional title game, yeah, uh, and losing to Black Hills State. Um, also, I'm trying to think. Uh, far as regionally, Nuggets, Nuggets win the NBA championship. But right on their heels, though, has got to be Coach Prime. Oh yeah, as much story inter- wise, absolutely. Yeah, that that both probably the Coach Prime story generated more national interest than mm-hmm. the Nuggets winning the NBA championship, which is sad, unfair, but it's true. But it's probably true. Sean Payton coming to the Broncos mm-hmm. as well. And now the benching of Russell Wilson. Yeah. Here in the final days of 2023. And then in a couple of years, Sean Payton leaving the Broncos because he got fired. Could very well be the case. All right. For all of us here on the Jim Davis Show, I want to wish you a very happy new year. Thank you for listening to the program. We appreciate uh, you uh, spending uh, two hours today with us, three hours normally. And uh, offering up your insights, your thoughts, uh, your commentary. Always appreciate that. And and thanks for listening to us. And have a happy new year. And wishing you a v- the very best in 2024. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning with uh, Max. We'll have our football picks tomorrow. We'll be, and once again, it'll be a, another holiday edition from 7 to 9. But up next year on the team, it's the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. SMU Boston College coming up next.